Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. Another area we've never covered on the podcast. We're talking tattoos. I can't even wait. And this whole creative industry on the podcast today is is like the guy who is just known for this worldwide, Dylan Forte. Dylan, it's so great having you on the podcast. Cool, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Dude. I'm happy to be here. I'm fired up. I mean, like I, I went and checked out some of your work, and I have to tell everyone, I don't even have one tattoo. Like, I don't have like some Greek letters or some girlfriend's name or you know, a picture of a cross or something. But when you go check out Dylan's work, it's unbelievable. So, dude, I, I mean, like, I can't even believe it. So lots of questions for you. Um, let's start with like, how do you even get into the world of being a tattoo artist? I mean, the it's weird and it's changed. A lot has changed uh, recently, but I mean, typically it's a, an apprenticeship. I mean, that's like the, no one likes that answer either. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> right. the least... <laughs> it's the least favorite answer. I think people are like, oh shit, I can't just like order it off Amazon and like it out my house. <laughs> and I mean, in all fairness, people do all the time. But I mean, that's the best way for sure. Because it's like that way you're uh, you're going to be more well received uh, long term too. You know, I know a lot of people who just kind of want to start and just buy stuff, get a kit, quote unquote, which it doesn't exactly like that doesn't really even exist. There's like, there's right. a lot of different variables, you know, there's no such thing as like a tattoo kit, but um, <laughs> really like, apprenticeship's the best, the best move. Um, it's, which is hard, you know, especially now it's such a competitive field. Sure. So many people are trying to just like, so know, it is competitive. Nobody so wants a tattoo. Yeah, me too. You know? Okay. So oh, absolutely. is that, so there's a lot of people that want to be in the space. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the art forms that um you can't just go to blick right or like uh i don't know another one of the art stores and just pick up all the tools you need and just start going you know there's not like grandma's like cool thing you know you're not just like right let's just have a tattoo day you know it doesn't really work like that <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> no i can't even imagine i mean i get i get questions sometimes you know from clients too and like you know, other people who are just like yeah, like, can I just like be a hobbyist tattooer? And I'm like, no, it's kind of like being like a hobbyist, uh, like, I don't know, surgeon. Uh-huh. It's like, and, and I don't want to be like, oh, it's just as hard as surgery or anything. No, there's levels to it, but, uh, you wouldn't be trying to be a hobbyist surgeon right. or a hobbyist, uh, like cosmetic makeup even. I mean, or like, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not really much of a hobbyist to tell you the truth. Um, I like, I, I don't know. I kind of dive into something and kind of really try to run with it, but tattooing is a horrible hobby. <laughs> I mean, it takes way too long. I can't to, imagine. To be good. And it's like the, the risk to reward ratio is, is you know, so, real favorite. Okay. But I mean, you have built a whole business around this. How did you know that what you were able to do was resonating, that it worked, that people liked it. You know, if I, I, can, I can only imagine some people try to make it in the space and they're just not good or they're, the, you know, oh, the no, out, I don't outcome think any, is bad. No <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like everyone's bad at first, <laughs> um, like most things, but like, it's not like, I don't know what 
get people through that. I mean, I was. I know. You know what I if started, you? I mean, what if? Have you? Do you have people come to you and they've already they went to someone they thought was going to be good and it was terrible and they say, "Can you fix no, this?" Yeah, oh, no, you're yeah, kidding! Like almost, almost entire. I mean, that's like that's like the bread and butter. That's <laughs> almost like that's it, right? There. That's like what you do. Mostly, it's like you know a lot of cover ups and like <clears throat> now what's really popular. It's like uh, blacking stuff out. Okay. So like, you know, I have my, both of my arms are blacked out. I mean, pretty much it's like, it's a, it's a look and you have to be into it or whatever. But like, um, and, and now a lot of times people are just like cover-ups are huge. I mean, it's so like someone had something that was either not good or something old and then they're just wanting something over it. Yeah. That's like, that's a huge like aspect of the field. You know, that's like one of the, I mean, honestly, that's like one of the things that's kind of good about it. It never ends. Uh, it's perpetual. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, getting into it's challenging. I think the best way is really an apprenticeship. It's really honing art skills prior. Sure. And the thing is, I try to explain to people, if you're not a successful artist, it's, at this point, it would be very, very challenging to, um, to get become into a that. successful tattooer. Because like, really, all the only thing is, you're basically selling fine art, but onto people. So it's... You know that's really the the main difference. I think the key is to to hone an artistic craft, and also, uh, the, I guess what makes it challenging is not most artists have a hard time. I don't. I guess monetizing art, right? Sure. Monetizing art is a subject. Yeah, no question. Own. Yeah, but you've got you now have two locations. I mean, you've got other lines of business. I mean, your your business is booming. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I think it's a uh, it's the I think it was really the realization that tattooing is not scalable at all whatsoever and in all honesty it's not like i mean there's levels to business right but like i would say tattooing is on average not a good like business move uh-huh. if i were to be like right like now, starting like a business time and got like, it yeah i'm not like oh yeah you know what i'm trying to get a jet you know what i mean <laughs> i should tattoo people like that's not that's not like a line of thought okay process, good right? so um, i should i should cross it, it off my list of things i it's a horrible way it is a not good way to do that. There's another way to do it. I feel like real estate. I don't know. Like, there's a hundred of different things. It's possible, but um, it's definitely a bizarre angle. Uh, I was like, you know, maybe 18, and I was like, you know, the, the hourly monetary ratio comparatively to other things I would be doing at that time period seemed so exponential that I was like, oh yeah, drawing on people. That's tight. You know, like I was painting, I was drawing my whole life. So drawing on people was clearly the move. And I was right, I guess, you know. Yeah, obviously. I mean, she's your business. So, okay, let's talk about the typical people that come in. Do they already know they want the picture of the elephant on the back of the girl I'm looking at here? Or the that, you know, like the Imagine Dragons uh, down your arm? What do you, I don't even know what you call this, like, design that you do. I mean, it's unbelievable. But... Or do you, do they say, just do something cool? There's a, there's a kind of a spectrum, right? So like at this point, yeah, I have like the majority of the people I think see my work and then they want some of my art on them. And then they have like a run of a line of thought. Like, you know, you might be like, oh, my two favorite pieces were those. So I want something that's kind of like that, you know? So it's like, obviously with the Ganesh one, it's like, that's a, it's very particular, it's like you have to be like uh, really like inspired by that subject matter to want that, but uh, most of I think my stuff is very very open to um, interpretation. So it can be 
it, it's it's easier because people can just be kind of vibing with like a certain look and then and or they're really into the meaning so it's like, and it, it, usually it's a little bit of both the combination but I think it's nice because um, you don't have to know everything about sacred geometry. You don't have to be a super nerd in that field to want one of these pieces. However, um, you might be, and that and that a lot of my clients are, and that's they're super into it. Wow, that's amazing. Well, for those and that they want, yeah, specific things. You know? Well, and for those who don't know Dylan, I mean, he's got what you got two studios now, Sri Yantra. Uh, the tattoo yeah, studio in Venice. Yeah, yep. you got it. It's and a hard one. I love it. Kind of like <laughs> Sri Lanka, but it's Sri Yantra. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Sri Yantra is the. Uh, it's a, a yantra is essentially a visual mantra, which is like essentially like a invocation oh of a God, I love that. like rite or passage. I learned something um, new even Shri, that. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sri Yantra is a um, sort of the mother yantra, the yantra of yantras. It literally translates to holy machine or holy tool like sacred instrument essentially and so what you use to tattoo is a, a tattoo machine that's like the main device and so i i do sacred sacred inspired imagery so sacred instrument holy tool is kind of a cool play on play on it you know and it's a, it's a powerful symbol how do you get the imagery on the individual is it all pure like live hand or are there templates you use i mean how does that work so I design it all typically now at this point in the computer, um, a decent amount by hand, uh, freehanding areas to make it work. But so what you do is you essentially you're making your, you make a stencil off of an image that you create. So I make I design something in the computer and then I print it out, print it through an old piece of arc technology called the, uh, called the Thermofax. Okay. It's an old secretary device that basically makes a carbon copy like a, an old receipt where you write on one side and it transfers to the other. So it's making Got this, it. uh, this sort of like purple carbon paper. Yeah. It's like the old printers when they're younger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You run that through, uh, um, like, you know, they, they were called the secretary because it essentially alleviated the need to have a secretary because you run, it can run the copies off of like handwritten letters. So you run, you run your design through this. That's a this piece of technology from like seventies. Still, you know, mostly they're all refurbished now, but, they're they're vital for like the kind of work I do. They're like that high precision, intricate type of geometry. Yeah, you and then you um, then you apply it to the person, the stencil to the person, which leaves like a, a sort of a purple residue, which gives you sort of the map or a, t- a tiling. And then um, it's it's the same material that same um, material as a uh, surgical marker. So it leaves this purple like surgical marker, which for like a stencil uh, violet or really. Jensen Violet is the actual ink. But yeah, so you can um, essentially tattoo directly over it. And so then, um, yeah, at that point, you're basically going going over and following your own design. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely time-consuming. Yeah, I don't think people really know that. I don't think so either. And, I mean, it's painful too, right? Doesn't that hurt? Yeah, no, it's like it's, a, <laughs> it's an arduous process. You know what I mean? Like, that back piece you're talking about, yeah. like, that's like... A hundred hours, maybe. Oh my gosh! You know, it's, not, it's not like fast, you know. Wow. Um, so you're talking like having to even then conceptualize how you're going to compartmentalize it, you know. And that's something that takes a great bit of a process and skill, and like just planning. You know, it's you really are kind of like a an architect for like right. human. That's just unbelievable. Permanent human design, you know. So it's it's uh, not scalable and extremely time consuming. You know, but, <laughs> but, you know passion. I cool. mean, it's so cool. It's like, yeah, that's interesting. You know, anything 
worthwhile. Is I totally agree. So over time, so you, you launched the business or you get into the business and you're 18. Obviously, now you've been around for a while doing this. So how have you grown? Has it been all word of mouth or is it any advertising or is it, I mean, literally like, you know, someone tells another person, another person, another person. It's predominantly that. So I can get a quick rundown is I, uh, you know, I had an apprenticeship uh, for, I worked for a couple years in Berkeley with an artist named Mark Freitas. Um, and then I just started doing like small little walk-in tattoos at like a typical kind of walk-in shop for a few years. And then I opened a shop a little prematurely, I think, in San Francisco. And then... Why do you say it was I like prematurely? Up, uh, I was only tattooing for maybe about three years. And there's a lot of... It was just a, kind of a lot to try to take on at once. Got and it. I was pretty ambitious. Got it. And then um, it was it was cool. Just things came up and then I ended up closing that and just working for one of my other friends at his shop for a couple more years and then kind of traveling. So I'd been in the Bay tattooing the, the majority of my life, you know, and then I, I started working at, I, I opened my own shop, Sri Antra, the first one in Oakland in, uh, I opened that in like 2011, 12. And then, um, yeah, from then on, that was maybe about 2000, yeah, 2012 or whatever. Uh, that's when I started, this style was more, I think well received, you know, cause I was doing kind of everything prior to that. But then I did some big, some large scale work, you know, it took a while to get some of these big, big pieces. And then around at the same time period, I, uh, I started posting more stuff online. So you had Facebook and Instagram, you know, this was prior to Instagram, but you know, I was always using social media. I mean, I was trying a lot of different angles, but I wouldn't say necessarily advertising, I made like flyers at that point, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> right. Facebook, you know, right. ads. But like, I don't really, I don't think I they had Facebook ads then. Right. I tattooed one of the biggest catalysts. I'd say was like a tattooed Got right? it. And that, that was yep. definitely like that was 2013, I think. And then um, it, that's a big deal, right? I mean, because then other people, yeah, well, want, he just has so so it. much reach. You know, sure. I mean, at that time, Instagram was just starting out too. It was all of this was at the same time. So like, I basically had developed, spent like however long, you know, maybe almost 10 years developing a craft. And then it like social media started really coming, coming together. And then I uh, started doing larger work, really started to have more clarity in terms of the style I wanted to pursue. And then um, I did a guest spot at high voltage because I was, uh, came out to LA and I tattooed cat, um, a pretty good sized piece of forearm and, you know, I think she had like 5 million followers at that time. So posting it just, it just went to the mainstream, I think at that point. And then, uh, so yeah, then sacred geometry tattooing, essentially that was like what I would call the day. Like there were people doing stuff like, you know, around the world for sure. But that's the day I feel like it went, uh, went to another level mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it became more of like a household style at that point because of just the reach, you know, so much social media reach at one point is just kind of the catalyst. And then from there on out. Yeah. No, no. And talk about your style. Like, how would you describe it? I've read some different words and whatnot to describe it, but I'm curious to hear how you framed it. I think it's just pretty much sacred geometry. Tattooing. Geometrical tattooing, but um, sacred geometry is the connotation connotation that um, is derived. The de- Calling it sacred is derived from like the fact that they used this same geometry to build all uh, temples, mosques, churches, all these uh, quote-unquote sacred structures around the world, they were all using the mathematics behind nature and these mathematic relationships. So I think the sacred geometry is like 
to Maine. I think that's like, that's how, how you would describe it. And, you know, and then I, there's, there's, you know, further inspirations in different mysticism traditions and different, uh, different philosophies, but essentially it's, uh, essentially it's sacred geometry. Yeah, that's very cool. And you actually make mixing the spiritual piece as well. So what about your other work? I know you, you also have, you know, the canvas space and whatnot, uh, any, or it, do you still do a lot of work there or is most of your work around tattooing? No, I mean, I, I paint, I, I sold a painting recently, like a pretty cool one. Uh, you mentioned Ben uh, Ben McKee, Imagine Dragons. Yep. He's yep. got one of my paintings. That's uh, cool. cool um, Enzo painting um, from his house. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm painting not not as frequently as um, I think. There's something honestly like I like it. I just feel like tattooing adds such a level of more. Um, it's more personal, know, it's like a, more serious. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. Well, something kind of interesting about it being on a human. I think that yeah, it almost like I don't know. Always on a canvas, almost seems like a preliminary type of thing like oh okay like get it get it ironed out on paper before putting it onto a human it seems like there's some there's a step of realness that so i think what i'm inspired to a lot now is um there's definitely a lot of product development we're working on you know i just i just about am releasing a a fully biodegradable compostable uh sustainable product line for all the tattoo for all uh, i don't think people realize how much single use products are found in tattooing i mean you're like give give us an example so that people, uh, like people so understand like it disposable razors garbage bags you're, you're so in the fact that you have to make make an entire sterile space you're um, essentially creating an enormous amount of single use waste uh got it okay which as the sterility you know has enhanced which is good, obviously, in modern tattoo practices. You're also now left with an enormous amount of uh, waste. So you have basically maybe a, I don't know, a thirty gallon, like a thirteen thirty gallon garbage bag with a uh, full of like paper towels, uh, biodegradable, like non biodegradable razors, plastic rinse cups, plastic ink cups, plastic little trays. You know, it's a, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you're not like you know, people who aren't tattooers and will you know won't know about it or even think about it. It's on par with like a, um, any other medical industry. I mean, wow. like yeah, a tons of ways per day. Yeah. You know, easily. You know, so yeah. Wow. I mean, it's an enormous amount. So we're releasing um, it's like Forte Tattoo Technology or Tech, and that's um, all biodegradable, compostable, renewable resources essentially for the for tattooing. You know, so it's we we just got finished with the razors. They're made out of a cornstarch. Oh wow, uh, that's sugar cane cool. composite. <laughs> yeah, the blade is you know metal, but like the handle and everything, it's like it's all made out of cornstarch. But yeah, man, that's like that's what we're working on right now. Um, there's an app actually. I'm working with the developer closely. Uh, I actually talked to him yesterday. And how's what's the app going to do for you? Uh, it's Sacred Geometry app, and it's a tool to uh, to make it easier for people to draw sacred geometrical objects for graphic designers, artisans, painters. Um, I mean, anyone really who wants to, you know, it's going to be a lot of uh, educational aspects to it too. You know, it's basically just a tool to make geometry accessible. And I think that's something that's so lacking and people, there's this perception of difficulty and it's not, uh, wrong you know it's not illegitimate but there's this perception that uh geometry is is hard because no one likes math essentially and it's not that's not necessarily it you know i'm trying to bring a more right allow people to have a right brain intuitive experience of creating 
using symmetry tools. So you'll be able to make mandalas, uh, radial polar grids and uh, golden rectangles. And, you know, for anything, I mean, architecture, art, the entire spectrum of arts, clothing, you know, logos, anything. So it's, it's some, and also just for fun, you know, so that's right. hopefully going to be out. Hopefully by the time people are listening to this, hopefully. That's really cool. Yeah. I know your PR person was telling me about that, which is amazing. Um, so Dylan, I, I, I love this and it's so unique and different. I just love this mix of, or the kind of the intersection of creativity plus like business or, you know, making this into a business. So where can our listeners find you? How do they get an appointment? How do they engage with you? How do they follow you? All just of that. through email. I mean, so I think uh, the best way in, in terms of getting an appointment or getting in touch is just shooting us an email and that's at, you know, contact at Dylan um, or shriyanshertattoo.com. Um, or yeah, just Instagram, Dylan Forte, Sriantra Tattoo, the whole spectrum. That's awesome. Yeah, Instagram and my website are probably the most, yeah, uh, what we re- like kind of respond to the most. I have some um, crazy designs. I mean, they're so amazing. Just... Yeah, thanks, man. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a, it's a competitive field, I'm telling you, and you got to pretty much keep it moving. It doesn't, you know, there's no way to slow it down. No, well, this has been awesome. Well, Dylan, I know you're traveling today, and I appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. And um, really excited for you and the business, and looking forward to seeing your new product come out too in the next couple months. Cool, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was good. Thanks for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.